Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software. Now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money, all your devices managed at digitex.ca. Brendan, we haven't even put the call out, and we got guys calling in. So let's put the call out right now. Uh, we are going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl sometime in the next half hour, along with Darnell Nurse and Ryan Nugent Hopkins before the end of the show. We will get to NHL today. Uh, uh, probably about 120. But that's open up the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline 7804960063. And a reminder you can text us at 6:30-630 on the Heartland Ford text line. Not your small town dealership with a new huge state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. Tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, Brendan's at Brendan Escott. And guests on the show receive gift cards too. The Japanese Village. Don and his staff at the Japanese Village will take care of you. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, downtown and out in Sherwood Park. All right. All right, all right, all right. K-Jam's going to drop the puck with us on line number one. How are you doing, K-Jam? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me on the show today. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah, um, so I was listening to a bit of the uh, the Bob Nicholson presser, and uh, you know, and I've been evaluating a lot of, of what Bob's been saying and what's been coming out about, you know, how the Peter Shirelli regime started, evolved, and finished. And you know, I think that, you know, I'm not the only person that's been watching this team for a long time in this organization, and um, you know, I'm, I'm not the. Uh, I think that you could you could make a good case that the that the whole league has been looking at this team and this organization very closely, more than, than almost any other team in almost the entire league. The, the advanced statistics movement has grown largely, um, you know, at least through uh, social media from, from the Edmonton Oilers fans and from people evaluating the organization. There's certainly been uh, a large amount of uh, uh, community on the, on, yes. the, on the Internet, you know, that sort of spawned because of the Oilers. But, uh, you know, from, from looking from afar, or, you know, someone who's local but looking from, you know, the outside in, you know, I, I think that when we're looking at the, the leadership within the, the, the group moving forward, um, you know, some autonomy is great. I think that autonomy is very important in terms of, you know, someone needs to be able to make, you know, excellent final decisions, you know, with resolve and responsibility and confidence. But I think that, that with that person or those people, I should say, are making the decisions, you know, they need to be fully willing and capable of taking in information, opinions, analysis, and suggestions and observations from a group of people that have that have a bunch of different backgrounds 
and uh, a wide variety of opinions. And, you know, these people, the person who's making the decision needs to be smart enough to fully absorb all of that information, you know, weigh it and debate it, both things that they agree with sure. and at base value they oppose, break it down, you know, act aggressively with a framework and direction guiding it. You know, and I think that this person needs to let go of their ego. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Jen. And he's got to let go of his ego, and he doesn't have to be the smartest guy in the room. Let me ask you a question. When Peter yeah. Shirelli was hired, did you think it was the right decision? You know, I, I don't really know everyone around the league and all of their histories. You know, my, my when I saw when Peter Shirelli was, was hired, was somebody who had infrastructure within Hockey Canada, connections, was appeared to be at face value a part of a, a larger group of, of thought, and and uh, uh, at least a contributor. I'm not really sure how much um, final decision making he had in any larger groups, Team Canada type groups. Yeah. Um, I know that that Boston had won a cup. I know that also when you look back that there had a lot that there had been a lot built in Boston before Peter Shirelli and his regime, and that he had you know good on Peter Shirelli in a lot of ways. He had been able to to take that group that he had, and you know I think that there were there were great things that he did, and there were mistakes that were made, but. At the end of the day, based upon what he had, he was able to make something of it. He went to and two Stanley Cup okay, in 2015. So let's go back. He won the Cup in 2011, a cup, by the way, which most Canadians were cheering for Boston, not for Vancouver, that year in the Stanley Cup final. They lost in the championship in 2013. Because I got to tell you, I, I, I looked, I went back to the show that day and listened to the show, and people were pretty excited when Shirelli was named the general manager of the team. Okay, now. Um, what I subsequently learned over the like one within days, I had calls from guys in Boston saying, "I, I saw it." I said, "What happened there?" And somebody said, "He lost a power struggle." And then the critics of the Shirelli hiring, I will to be fair with you, K Jam, some of the critics were analytics driven. I found that to be interesting, right? But the majority, and I, because I, you've just you just ran through a whole list, and I totally 100% agree with you. Has to be open. The organization has to. You know, there, there's no salary cap in research and development. Why was there cut in analytics? I don't know why there was a cut in analytics. Um, Rob Nicholson mentioned sports science. I, I agree with all of that. I'm just saying you don't know what you got until you know. Like, you know what I mean? Until there's the results on the ice. You don't, you don't really the, know what you got. The proof is always in the pudding, obviously. Right. The proof right. is always in the pudding. You know, but but here's a question. You know, like uh, for someone without, you know, if I'm describing the person that, that should be, I think, leading an organization here, you know, why is there a power struggle? That that sort of that that emphasizes ego to me. Why is there a power struggle to begin with? Oh no, what I'm saying is, I said, what happened to this guy in Boston? How did he become available? I know, like that's I know. that's what, and they said. Why? Because Why did a power struggle evolve in Boston? Why didn't they Char come together and make it a group? Charlie Jacobs was taking on greater response. I don't want to revisit Peter. You just brought what I'm saying is, at the time that he was hired, a lot of people were 100% on board, and there's optics versus reality in the situation. And at the end of the day, you got to have the results. So it doesn't, you know, it's great you bring all these things up. I can't disagree with anything you said, but it is interesting because we thought we were getting these things four years ago, and it didn't come to fruition. And, that, and that's fine. I think that finally, the last piece of the ingredient that, that maybe needed to be considered here is, is outside of just being a hockey team here, that this is an, an incredibly uh, uh, built into the community type team. And that, that that hockey means more here, and I think that whoever comes in, whoever's accepting that role, has to understand the market. That's a great point. Better than Peter did. Kate, okay, Jam, thanks. Thank you. Let's go to Mike from Ottawa, which he's one of the few people I like from Ottawa these days. How you doing, Mike? Mike, you there? 
I'm, I'm here, but I'm sorry. Yes, I'm not back. Thanks for that. Chat. Thanks, my man. <laughs> I also yeah, like Ottawa. I also like Pierre Dorian, though my guess is he's not the most popular guy in Ottawa. Oh, my goodness. I just had my, my friend and me both choked, and we said, if the Oilers and the Sens merge, could we beat Tampa Bay? And then we had to have a sober second thought and me, oh, my goodness, it'd be close. Like, wow, you know? So that's that's his solution to merge the Oilers and centers. I said, don't put your. That is not the stuff. solution. The solution is for those two organizations to be better. Go for oh, it. Yeah, what, what do you got, Mike? Okay, just a quick co- comment that doesn't need response. I'm so glad that Connor's not broken anything. I got three kids and I lost sleep. You know, you're an Oilers fan when you're losing sleep when a player gets injured. But I lost sleep that night, and I know it's not over an MRI and all the rest. Let's just hope that he's a hundred percent by okay. the end of the. You know. Okay, uh, the, the conference, it was frustrating, and I know it's not your fault that we couldn't hear the questions. I know there's reasons, but, man, they should have got on that on top you know of what? it. We had, mics, we, we had mics all year, and the people were firing fast and furious. Uh, okay. There were individuals there today that hadn't been there all season for availabilities. Okay. A couple okay. of them asked multiple questions, but uh, whatever. I mean, I, it's, the situation was what it was. It was, and so, so we'll get through it. I guess I would have wished they asked a question, and maybe they didn't, I didn't hear, but they should have said something as effective to Keith. Um, um, you know, you were there during Shirelli's, uh, you know, reign, and therefore, what are your thoughts on how he performed? How would you have done anything? Like, try and so, dig, because so, that's where you guys... Mike, let me, ask you yep. que- let me ask you a okay. question. A guy brings you yep. in an organization, okay? Yep. That guy gets fired. Yep. Is that, is that something that... Do you win by saying anything publicly in that scenario? I, I I know exactly what you're saying, and you're right, and that's where things fail as fans, where we get so frustrated because we want to know the inside info, but we can't. It's just like at the end when they said, what's the plan? He giggled and said, we don't have the plan. We, or Sorry, I have a plan, but I can't tell you. But then right after Bob comes up, Nicholson, and says, what we have to do is tell the fans the plan. So Bob knows what we want to hear, but we all know we're not going to get it. It's not, key, it's not just... Keith's job, and I don't know if you heard the first hour of the show. Uh, Jason Greger asked a question that kind of steered Keith into the direction of separating himself as an amateur guy and not heavily yeah. involved in pro, and he said, no, we. We made the trades because we had injuries yes. on defense, and those trades didn't work out. And uh, Okay. So he used, the ter- he used the term we. The easy thing to be, and I've been, and I've been around enough hockey guys. There, there's guys out there that don't take any responsibility when things go bad, okay? Okay, And yeah. then there's guys that take full accountability when things go bad, okay? Okay. I know which side of the fence I like in terms of the guys that are out there. Well, and, and I hope Keith is on that side. And it's the only things that can make us fans feel better is, is that we hear these things that let us know that, yeah, maybe Keith wasn't on board for all Sorelli's moves. And maybe Sorelli, like he's not said, he's going to publicly state that. That's my point. Because that's not what I know. And I. I I get it. I just wish we could get. That's what we need as fans, you know, to yeah. make us feel better. We need hope. We need hope. Well, and the other wait, thing wait a sec. He doesn't have, like, this This whole process is wide open right now. Yeah, no, I know. He doesn't. He's not the front line. You're right. But, man, we like, look at Quenville getting hired today. And I know Bob said coaches are going to go and that's going to happen. We need our GM. And he's right. But, man, it's a, isn't it a fine balance about getting the timing right and getting yes. a good coach? And that waiting, was, like, right? Ryan Rashog brought up the timing and the sequency of everything. That's a fair so comment tough. by you. Yeah, so thank you very much, Bob. I appreciate all your time. Okay. Have a great summer. Let's pray for Connor and go Oilers go. Okay, well, Connor's going to be okay. Uh, let's go to Jim in Red Deer in line three. Jim, how are you? Hey, Bob, how you doing? Good. Bob, you said that uh, people that don't take accountability, I believe our CEO, Mr. Nicholson, is one of those individuals who doesn't like to take accountability. And I go back to, uh, yes, uh, we all wanted Peter Shrelly uh, when you hired him. 
Peter Shirley hired as the coach. We find out it wasn't the coach that was the problem. When they got rid of Todd, I think Todd wasn't the problem at all. I think it was the GM, and yet the CEO did absolutely nothing, and he had full reign. That's scary because the next GM that comes in and has the same thing, and we get in the same situation, when is Mr. Nicholson going to take responsibility? So what you're saying is the CEO supported the decision to replace Todd McClellan? And that's, I believe he did. Okay, because he gave the GM uh, autonomy. Yeah. And you're saying the wrong decision was made at that time. That's right. Okay. You're- I mean, if you look at it, we've had a coach, what? Our coach, I mean, we should have a new policy in the orders. We don't hire, every two years we get rid of the coach. Because if you look at the last four coaches, I think uh, they've... There's been uh, 11, with- there's, there's been eight coaches in 11 seasons, to answer your question. Okay. I mean, I mean, I just Craig Metav- for the record, Craig Metavish pretty much resigned his position. He was not fired. I know Tamalini went out and said we've made a change. Mac T resigned the position at the time that he did. Pat Quinn came in, part of what was called the dream team, sort of paying homage to the whole um, O.J. Simpson trial. Uh, I-, I will tell you right now, I was concerned for Pat's health that year. That would be the last year he'd coach in the NHL. As we all know, he's passed away. Tom Rennie. Two years, his contract was up. A decision was made not to extend the contract. Ralph Kruger, uh, Craig McTavish said at the end of Ralph Kruger's first year, coaching wasn't an issue. Then Craig McTavish changed his mind five weeks later and hired Dallas Akins. Dallas lasted a year and a half. I am a firm believer that Dallas will be the next head coach of the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, I think you can make a strong argument. Maybe Dallas wasn't ready. Maybe the situation wasn't right for Dallas. That was, again, Mac T's decision. Um, the organization fired Dallas at that halfway through the year. Todd Nelson came in strictly as an interim coach. I actually think Todd could be a Nelson, a successful coach. McClellan was given three and a quarter years. Some have suggested to me, why didn't the Oilers ride it out for another 20 games uh, and then use Gullitson? I think that's a fair perspective to have. Um, makes sense. Others said, no, Hitchcock was an upgrade. Uh, the record suggests that the the team was what it was, which validates your perspective saying why did they fire the coach at all. Um, and another perspective on this, Jim, just to further your point, is right now Todd McClellan's negotiating between two NHL teams for his next mm-hmm. job, right? So the orders will be out of Todd McClellan's money here in the final year of his deal because he's got one more year. They will be out. He will be getting another job. There is no debate. Yep. Okay. I, I think Pete Shirelli. Pete Shirelli's still got term left on his deal. I think it's fair to say it, that I'm not convinced he's necessarily going to get back in the league at that level again. So no, maybe, he'll never. He never will. So maybe that answers. Point. Maybe that answers uh, reinforces your perspective a little bit more that an error was made. All of that being said, it is the prerogative of the general manager usually to hire and fire the coach. Do you not agree? Yeah, but I think there's too many coaches that to get fired. It's pretty easy to fire a coach, and this is a perfect example we did. It's because it, switching coaches, it didn't matter. I mean, you have to, the, the the GM has to take responsibility for all the trades he, that he made or didn't make. He didn't in the end. He didn't have to take any responsibility because no. he got fired, and we've never heard it from him since. Um, but the uh, I'll tell you right now that the Strom trade, 20 games in the season, did not help the hockey team, nope. and, the, and the Kajula trade. Did not help the hockey team. And those two deals, when they picked up Spooner, the thought process was he could give them more speed. They thought they were too slow, maybe playing their top six. Well, that dog didn't hunt. That's all I'm going to tell you. But, and then, but Bob, yep. I'm sorry. 
But, Bob, what it really bugged me about our CEO is he picks one player and says he didn't score okay, as many so goals you're, as you're you know. back. You're back to what got said a week and a half ago. It had right. nothing to do, Jim, it had nothing to do with what he said today. Is that correct? No. Okay. But the whole point is why would you go after one player? He, uh, he apologized and admitted he made a mistake. And you know what? No. People asked for uh, transparency. I was there that day that he did it. Okay? Those are the Oilers' stakeholders. Okay? Uh, that's who season seed holders are. They're stakeholders. You want to give them a little bit more. Uh, it was a particularly uh, challenging. There were some tough questions asked that morning. And I think Bob opened up the, the business term is opening up the kimono a bit and uh, wanted to give the people there something back. And, you know, by his own admission, he made a mistake. So, Bob, if, if season stakeholders or uh, tickets are, are stakeholders, yeah. what are fans then? They're stakeholders. Because I've never, I've, I've never seen Bob Nicholson come on your show, and you know what? I'm going to take some some comments. Wait, 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 wait a second. Wait, 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 wait a second. He's not been on the show. He's done. He's done. He's done. He's done two one-hour sessions. He does a one-hour session on the show every summer with you. Yes. Okay, I'm saying with the fans. Well, we'll put it up to the fans. People, pe- people. I'll tell you what. We'll we'll uh, we'll have that discussion. We definitely have had people text questions into him during the segments. Absolutely, and at the season seat holder event, I can tell you point blank, he was taking questions. Well, I'd just like to see him come on your show and deal with the fans that maybe aren't season holder tickets. Not all of us can be there. All right, Jim. Thanks for your time. Take care, Bob. Yep. One twenty-two at Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, when we come back, are we going to have time to get to Leon Dreisaitl in the next segment? We can do it. Let's do it for all the rich kids that never got the chance. This is Oilers Now. This is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bod Stoffer on 630 Chet. Great song. 124 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. What a year. Cassian had 15 goals this year. Good year for him. Let's get to it to a guy who had a terrific season, Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl, 50-goal scorer. Did you think you'd be saying that at the start of the year? Um, it's probably not my first thought, but, um, you know, obviously it's something that I've been trying to improve and, um, you know, trying to get better at is my shot, my, my scoring ability. And, um, you know, I think I've been, uh, I've been doing a good job at, at um, you know, trying, trying to make myself a better player. Uh, you got to be able to read and react. And when you and Connor are together, it's pretty special. And I know that uh, he played a huge part in you getting there. Oh, he's um, yeah, he's the main guy for sure. Uh, I don't need to peter around the bush. Um, there's many guys that that helped me uh, along the way. Um, you know, every every player on this team helped me um, get to this get to this point. But obviously, Connor is uh, you know the guy that that um, you know I. Yeah, I, I, I thank this for more than anyone, probably. Did you notice as the season wore on that opposition players maybe 
treated you differently on the ice. I mean, Connor has reverence from the opposition players. He has respect. Like, they know how good he is. And uh, But did you sense that maybe as the year went on, like, I don't know, when guys beat you less, did they beat you? I, I don't know. Like, did, did you notice they marked you closer? I, yeah, I think you, you kind of make a name for yourself a little bit um, in whatever way that is. And, um, you know, they, they obviously take notice. Every team watches video nowadays. And um, yeah, I felt like, um, you know, they they believed that, um, you know, I was a dangerous player and, and they tried to, tried to stop me from that. All right. How do you equate the personal success that you had, Connor had, Ryan had, with this team not making the playoffs? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, obviously you're you're excited about your own your own season. You're happy with what you've done, but at the same time, it's it's a team sport. And and I think if if we'd all have to give up 20 of our points, I think we'd do that to be uh, you know in the playoffs right now. So um, it's not easy, but um, like I said, we're gonna try and try and come back next year and. and um, you know, change some things and, um, yeah, you know, find a way to, to get into the playoffs. You're the best German player in the world. Uh, you're going to go down as the best German player that's ever lived. Is there an automatic expectation that you'll represent your country at the uh, World Hockey Championships? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, probably, but, um, yeah, you know, I'm going to make that decision over the next couple of days. And, um, uh, you know, I've always had fun playing at, at the World Championships. So, uh, you know, we'll see. You had fun. Was this an emotionally draining season given, you know, Todd being fired, seeing, uh, you know, a couple of popular teammates like Ryan Strom and Drake Kajula get traded during the course of the year, Hitch coming in? Yeah, it's, it's never easy. Um, again, that's that's part of the business. Um, that's the business side of it. But, um, yeah, it sucks. You know, you lose friends, you lose people that you built relationships with, um, and, you know, all of a sudden they, they leave. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of a fresh start. So, um, again, you know, that's 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 hockey. That's that's what's involved in this sport, and um, you know, we all have to live with it. Uh, you take some time to decompress a bit. I mean, I, I know that the reality maybe kicked in about a week ago that the team wasn't going to make the playoffs. But do guys need a little bit? What 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 happens in this situation? Well, you know, I think you're gonna. Obviously, it sucks. I mean, you you see teams clinching playoff spots on a daily basis, and um, you know you're again on the outside looking in. So, um, yeah, it's it's tough, and it's not it's not a good feeling. So, we have to change that feeling here. We have to change that um, you know mindset, and um, you know hopefully we can do that. And it's not just all on the players; it's a organization wide need to improve. That's Leon Dreisaitl. 50-goal score. Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, career-high 69 points, uh, 10 goals, 40-plus points for Darnell Nurse. We'll still hear, hear from those two in the next half hour. Of Oilers Now, after a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.